everybody. Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and this is podcast number 198. And today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. So if you love books, you don't have time to sit and read, but you're on the road a lot, you have a big commute, you love to work out, you listen to your earbuds, go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. That is my affiliate link. You can sign up for a free download and a free month, no strings attached. They have 180,000 different titles. So go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart and get your free goods today. Okay. Today's podcast, I sit down with Dr. Tim DeFrancesco. He is a physical therapist and the head strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. He is also a writer for TD Athletes Edge, where he provides fitness recovery and nutrition guidance to aspiring and professional athletes. So if you want more of that advice, go to tdathletesedge.com, and you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at tdathletesedge. And don't worry, we repeat that at least one more time during this interview. So what are we talking about today? What, what does Tim have to offer? A lot. So today we're talking about the idea that physical therapists can give great benefit to patients by understanding and employing more strength-building principles regardless of age or experience. Tim gives us his top strength-building uh, principles that he follows with his uh, LA Laker clients, but that anyone can follow. It's It doesn't matter. You don't need to be treating a professional athlete, whether you're 16, 26, 60, 96, these principles are principles and can be applied to everyone. And I think that's a really big thing to remember. And Tim and I also talk about how he made the leap into professional sports. Just like the conversation I had last week with, or sorry, two weeks ago with Rachel Belkovic. She's the strength and conditioning coordinator for the Latin American teams of the Houston Astros. They both sort of had similar experiences, you know? Nobody starts at the TV team, so it was a lot of hard work and sacrifice and diligence to make it to where they are today. Um, and finally, we talk about how a PT background, physical therapy background, sets you up for success in the strength and conditioning world. So it was a great interview. He also talks about some of his top resources, the people he likes to follow, so you don't want to miss that. Um, and before we get to that, again, today's podcast, thank you very much to audible.com. They have 180,000 titles to choose from. Uh, right now, I just finished uh, last week when Breath Becomes Air, and I'm on the hunt now for a new book. I'm not quite sure which direction I'm going to go, fiction or nonfiction. Um, I use Audible all the time. And if you want a free month and a free download, then go to my affiliate link at audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. So just for healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners, you get the free download and a free trial month. And believe me, you, you will not be disappointed. I absolutely love it. Okay. That being said, let's get to today's interview with Dr. Tim DeFrancesco, the head strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, everyone. So I'm sitting here with Dr. Tim DeFrancesco. Tim, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for taking the time out to come on today. Man, thank you for having me. This is, this is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we get into the, the meat of the podcast, let's talk a little bit more about you. All so right. 
how did you get to where you are today? If you can kind of give us a little timeline, and I think maybe it may offer some inspiration, especially for those students listening as to how you got to the position you're in now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think early on, uh, even later stages of high school, I, I was starting to um, well, I grew up as, a, as an athlete or an aspiring athlete, um, uh, a short white kid from, from New England, from, from Vermont, and uh, wasn't necessarily genetically gifted, but loved competing and loved um, uh, trying to find ways to, to advance to the next level of, of uh, athletics. And for me, basketball was my passion. But um, it was never it was never very easy. Although I really enjoyed the the solving the puzzle of being able to um, figure out how I get the the edge as as uh, as somebody trying to make it to the next level. And 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 so um, I think what happened was I, I realized I had a real passion for science, the human body, and and wanted to figure out how I do that for a living. And um, sort of blend all that together to realize that, okay, um, initially I, I went right for athletic training and I, I did my undergrad in athletic training and really um, enjoyed that, um, but had a sort of craving for more that I could ultimately offer to people that I might work with. Uh, so went from there to get my doctorate in physical therapy. And I still look back at that as probably the best move that I that I made. I didn't realize it at the time how important that would be, but um, it, it served to be a real foundational um, piece of of who I am and what I do now. And um, and then eventually was after after graduating with my DPT, started off as a, a traditional uh, PT in a sports medicine outpatient clinic, um, but really had this this urge or this itch to get into the performance and strength and conditioning um, aspect of of the field, and so had started off my started up my own performance training facility at a small scale while I was still doing uh, PT at the clinic I was at, and and just fell in love with it. I, I just it felt like this is this is uh, what I was craving when I was a young aspiring athlete, and and. You know, I was really looking for somebody who could help me through the the trials and tribulations of of just improving and and gaining um, and uh, you know gaining an uh, an advantage on on whatever your your goals and your competition was, and um, and so I I just dove fully more I think more so into that aspect of it. But important to sort of point out that I think I always kept that that anchor to the, the background in PT that I was, was so glad that I had, um, as I got into the strength and conditioning world. So started by helping myself out, trying to figure out the, 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 the puzzle and then really look forward to being able to help out others. And then when did you make the leap into professional sports? Cause yeah, I think that's, that's what the, people, people wanted cause right. You have all yeah. these, these, uh, new graduates coming out from PT school, a lot of them are interested in sports medicine and maybe one day may want to work with, I don't know, the Lakers or the, <laughs> you know, I just right. had last week I had on Rachel Belkovic, who's the oh, lead, yeah, yeah. you know, Rachel, 
I love Rachel. We she's, hung out just we hung out just the other week. You she's, did? Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. I want to meet her in person. She seems fantastic. No? Oh, she's awesome. She's uh, she's making moves and and she's gonna she's gonna be uh, she's gonna be something special. I'll yeah. tell you. So yes, yeah. yeah, so I I, uh, I really enjoyed my time with Rachel. But cool. yeah, so so to get to that, um, I uh, you know I, I really wasn't the the person that was pushing my resume to pro teams and, and making that my, what I would call my Super Bowl. I, I wasn't saying, you know, that's my, my end all be all. I have to get to that or, you know, or else. Um, and I, I think that that approach ended up actually, uh, you know, ironically helping me get to that, that point. And, and the, the reason being, I, I just, wasn't hung up on on sort of the the end game. I was just where I was. What I was doing was where I was really all in, and I was really enjoying myself. And um, uh, eventually, what ended up happening was my high school basketball coach took a job with the Bakersfield Jam as a as an assistant basketball coach there. And um, Bakersfield Jam are an NBA D League team um, out here in Bakersfield, California. So he calls up one day and says, hey, um, we're looking for a strength coach and an athletic trainer. Um, I'm assuming you're tied up with being at the clinic and running your own thing, but do you know anybody? I happened to be at a point in, in my, my career, early career at that time, where I was really ready for the next step and a, and a transition, and it just kind of happened to all hit at the right time. And I said, well, you know what? I'll do it. And um, and uh, I was able to keep my business running um, that I was doing on the side because my brother and I own that together. Uh, so he was able to keep uh, keep that going um, if I were to pack up and go to Bakersfield, which is what I did. Um, so I did two years in, in the NBA D-League. And um, I, I think one of the big reasons I, I did go for that was um, I, I, although was, like I said, not necessarily all focused on trying to get to the pros, I, I did really look forward to being able to operate in a team setting. And I, I hadn't done that. And, and I, I definitely missed that from my playing days um, in, in high school and college. Um, and, and so was looking forward to that and, and, and took advantage of the opportunity when it came up. Um, all the while still not saying, okay, the reason I'm taking this, this, this next position, this next job just is just to get to the, the NBA level. It, it was, it was really to experience that team setting and then see what happens. Um, and what happened was I put myself in the right place at the right time and, and apparently was doing the right things. And, and, uh, um, it all kind of fell into place we, the Bakersfield jam were affiliated for one of the seasons that I was there with the Lakers. Okay. And, um, and so I had a little bit of interaction with their, their sports medicine staff, primarily Gary Vitti, their, their, our head athletic trainer, who's, who's been here for 30 plus years and, and, um, really didn't know during that interaction that I was beginning to get on his radar as, as somebody who he was looking for to be on the staff here. But, um, but that's sort of what was happening and, and, uh, was getting ready for my third year to go back to Bakersfield. And, and he gave a call and said, Hey, we have a opening in our, uh, for our head strength and conditioning coach position. Um, 
we'd, we'd like you to, to be the guy. And, and, you know, when the Lakers call, you, you kind of say where, when, and how, and, Absolutely. and, and I'll be there. And, um, uh, you know, it's a funny piece about that is I, I obviously, you know, as I indicated, I grew up in New England and, and was, I have to say that this a little bit quietly around here, but was, was certainly a Celtics fan growing up. Um, and, and so, you know, it was, it just that, that somebody who, who grew up a Celtics fan can certainly respect and appreciate what the Lakers are all about. Um, in the interview process, it was kind of, kind of funny. We, we, uh, the, the general manager, Mitch Kupchak asked me, he said, so what happens if a, if a player asks you, if you were a Celtics fan? And I, I wanted to say all the right things. And, and Gary just cut me off and, and said, uh, look, look, kid, you're the team that pays your paycheck. That's your favorite team. So, so, you know, so the rest is, you know, the rest is history. This is my fifth season now. And I've, I've just been trying to really enjoy and, and, and uh, soak up the experience since that point. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know, and, and Rachel really talked about this in, in our interview with her, but that when you're talking about these professional teams that you don't apply for, she calls it the TVT. Right. You don't get in right. on the TV team on your first right. try. That's right. You know, that, yeah. that these are structured. There's a lot of, like you said, you were on an NBA D-League team. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's how you kind of get your foot in the door. So it's not super glamorous, I'm sure. No, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's I, yeah. how you start. you got to start somewhere. And it's important to know that you don't start with the TV team. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good point. I think the, the minor league experience for me was – was huge because at that level you are literally wearing all the hats. Um, I was at, I, on on paper I was the head athletic trainer and head strength coach. In real life I was I was that, but I was I was the travel coordinator. I was packing the bus. I was driving the vans. I was you know it. Uh, I was I was taking guys grocery shopping. I was it, you know it, it's um, it's everything. And so to be able to manage and multitask in that environment, um, like you said, certainly not the most glamorous environment, but um, something that I always look back on and say, well, you know. I was able to do it at that with, with all that stuff going on and, and in that environment, and and I can kind of get the sense that I could do it anywhere if you can pull it off there. So it is definitely huge to have that prior to stepping into the environment that I'm in now. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to thank you for kind of talking to that point a little bit more. Um, yeah. So now let's get into. So we know how you got there. Let's get into what you do when you're there, right. and. So, and your feelings, like, like we said in the beginning, you're also a physical therapist. Right. So not every strength and conditioning coach is a physical therapist. Sure. So let's, let's enter the PT realm for, for a little bit here. So physical therapists can obviously give a great benefit to our patients by understanding, employing more strength building principles. Yep. Regardless of their age and regardless of their experience. Yeah. So let's first talk about what are the the main strength building principles. Right. I mean, I, I think for somebody that's a beginner in terms of either A, walking into the weight room or B, getting to that point where I 
think back to my clinic-based days as a PT, and you, you bring you, you work with your, your patient for a period of time to where it's then time to sort of graduate from the traditional rehab-based um, work and, and, and therapeutic exercise type activity. So either of those scenarios is sort of time to start to dip the toes into just simply getting stronger. Um, a couple of things for me come to mind and, and, you know, it obviously gets much more complex than this as you become more experienced and advance into the realm of um, strength and conditioning or, or weightlifting or resistance training. But Starting with the idea of understanding time under tension, I think is is something that maybe gets lost in the shuffle a little bit unless you are one of those advanced weightlifting uh, people who who just lives in the weight room. So the the more the more essentially the more time under tension that you can progressively add to the muscles, the 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 more that they are going to respond and be stimulated to to grow. Um, and of course during, within that process, there's a, there's a piece of, um, it's just one of the, the variables you can manipulate to, to trigger muscle growth. And it, it tends to be a little bit more reasonable to manipulate that variable initially for somebody than thinking, well, in order to get big muscles or strong muscles, I have to like lift this super heavy weight and I'm just not into that, or I'm just not at that level. So kind of step away from how much weight you're thinking about right now and start to think about time under tension and start to think about form and having your, your form be perfect during that time under tension. And a lot of people would be surprised if they were doing a basic set of, say, uh, you know, a dumbbell bench press or a push-up or a, a row exercise or, or whatever it might be to put a stopwatch um, on, on the amount of time that their set takes. And without going for speed, but going at your normal pace and saying like, well, I really was only doing that set for say 10 to 15 seconds. I really felt like or thought it was longer. Um, so when you start to challenge the, the time under tension and say, okay, let's, let's see what happens if I go up to 30 second sets and, and really take my time and get the, get the form just right, um, worry about increasing the weight later. Um, you can you can start to stimulate that growth without even getting into the the heavy weight aspect of it. Um, I I think I think what's important within that is what what you're really doing there is is less about you know let's get you know beach muscles going and let's get start looking like Popeye, but it's more about what you're doing there is is just creating more robust support structures. Um, people forget the ligaments, the tendons, and the bones are what supports the musculoskeletal system and, and they need to be stimulated to, to be stronger if you plan on getting the overall system stronger. Um, so what you're doing there with the time under tension is, is really targeting those support structures and preparing them for the heavier loads to come as you progress through the process. Right. And this, to me, seems like a great variable to manipulate, especially with your older populations. Absolutely. You know, so maybe those, those, I don't want to say elderly, I'm going to say older, maybe the over 65, over 75 crowd who comes in to see you who maybe never worked out before ever. Yeah. So you don't want to load them down with a heavy weight if, if they can't, uh, if they don't have the system to support it. 
Exactly. And, and, you know, the, the, the sort of, um, mental and motivation piece of the, of the process when you're first get, getting into a strength building process, um, you, you want to have small successes and you want to sort of feel, get that momentum going. You just throw a bunch of weight on somebody who's never done it and you can really kind of crush their motivation as far as like, well, I, I knew this was not going to be for me. Instead of worrying about that time under tension variable and saying, "Well, geez, I, I can I can do this," and I feel like I can I can really feel the the, the progress. Um, yeah, let's try some more weight now that I've I've gone through that part of it. I, I think you know I don't know if you if you're familiar with with Dustin Jones, but Dustin is a is a dear friend of mine, and and um, he does a lot with um, the 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 older population in terms of um, his really fresh and and unique perspective with that population. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's also a, a DPT, and and um, he he even has uh, uh, T-shirts that say older old not weak and and you know it's it's like um he's really i think one of the leaders in that uh area of of saying hey no we we don't we don't have to regardless of if if tim defrancesco is working i'm working with an nba player or if dustin jones is working with um somebody who who's who's 72 years old and and just wants to be able to move around their house better um, these principles apply to both. Right. Yeah. I was on his podcast. Oh yeah. I mean, so there you go. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it doesn't great. surprise me. Great, great minds tend to tend yeah. to attract. So yeah, he's great. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I really love that mental motivation. Um, because I think that's important, especially for people regardless of age who've maybe never been in a weight room before. So you right. don't want to kind of cut them off before they even have the chance to get started. Yeah. And, and with this sort of time under tension, are people going to feel, because you know how people say, I, you know, they go to the gym to lift weights to quote unquote, feel the burn, right. feel the yeah. fatigue. Is yeah. this something with this uh, principle that people are going to really feel that fatigue? Feel yeah. that burn. I, you know, I tend to uh, notice and get feedback from people when I when I start to apply this principle and and sort of have folks step back and and just think about this versus how much weight we're doing. Um, again, most people are used to t- ten to fifteen second sets. So, <laughs> what happens is that 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 sort of buildup of what's going on in your muscles, lactic acid and whatnot. Uh, accumulates as you spend more time under tension, and and I tend to get the feedback that man, I I haven't felt the burn or the the that fatigue in my muscles like I have now that I've started to extend the time under tension. So um, a lot of times I get that it's even more so than than normal. Great. All right. So let's go. That's good. So time under tension build. That's a good strength building principle. We'll say number one for our discussion. What's sure. another one? Yeah. I, I think the the next piece being um, uh, again, it, it it certainly is is not just this. It certainly advances as you get more experienced in the in the weight room, depending on what your goals are and what your levels are. But I, I think uh, what could serve a lot of people nicely as as they get into it initially is the idea of. Challenging, challenging yourself or challenging your patients to think about what is the heaviest weight that you can do for with perfect form in capital letters um, for the designated sets and reps. So I think often if you start to really look at 
and 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 kind of assess your most recent weightlifting session or your most recent resistance training session, you might look back and and realize well there was probably a number of sets within that um, that session that I maybe left a little bit on the table. I, I did eight reps or I did 12 reps and I, I, at that weight, I could have done, you know, 15. Um, so I want, uh, you know, I, I, I challenge people to think about a lot of times I challenge people to think about if I want you to do 12 reps here, I want you to pick a weight that really it would be a challenge to do 13, 14 and 15 reps with perfect form. Got it. Uh, but you could do up to you could do that exactly, twelve. Exactly. But then know, form starts it, to break down, and okay. Exactly. So, and that you know, to be honest, that's that's a matter of a little bit of trial and error because because a lot of times I think we don't put our push ourselves into that sort of zone of am I really getting picking that that ultimate weight where I can still do it again? Perfect form is the key here. Um, but it's boy, it's challenging. And if I think if I picked up an extra five pounds on this dumbbell, then I might not be able to do it perfectly. Um, and 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 so it, it, there is some trial and error in terms of just gaining the experience and getting the reps under your belt. Just like anything else, you you start to figure out where you're at is the more time you spend doing it. Sure. And and just to differentiate that, that is diff. This is different than your one RM. Absolutely, no question. And and. and you know, I'm not typically a a big one RM guy in in terms of oh let's I'm I'm all about let's go check your one RM. This is this is more okay. Um, I know a week ago I did this weight for eight reps. Was that really truly the the rep the the eight rep max? So so in that case so. Um, if if it was, then you know, I mean, there we can circle back to the time under tension as a way of progressing that. So if you're at, if you've hit the, if you've challenged yourself to that point and say, look, seventy pounds is the max on that exercise, um, or twenty five pounds, whatever it is, um, I'm not going to be able to this week increase the poundage. Okay, well, you could go back and increase the variable of of time under tension. Got it. Got it. Sort of all all about kind of playing with these variables and, and what fits best with your goals and what you're trying to do. Yeah, to yeah. get that to get that stimulus on the muscle, you just have to increase the overall volume of work. Mm -hmm. So when I say the volume of work, you're looking at sets times reps times the weight moved, and and so when you multiply that out, you can you just give yourself a, a, a number that is your volume of work. And however you decide to increase that, you can increase the sets, you can increase the reps, and you can increase the weight. But then that fourth variable becomes the time under tension. Um, at a certain point, you kind of max out maybe how many sets or reps. And then the other piece is we all, we all only have so much time to do to the, to do this stuff, and not everybody is walking in the weight room to become a professional bodybuilder. Right. So, you know, yeah, I I, I always think sim more simple is 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 better, and and in terms of it needs to be reasonable from a time standpoint as well. Absolutely. Okay. So time under tension, challenging about the heaviest weight with perfect form. What else? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think <clears throat> I think the other pieces to to put into as as you get into it is is just just I want to ha hammer home the stuff I was talking about with the form of what you're doing. Mm 
Um, I do walk into a lot of, um, you know, public gyms or, or, uh, fitness facilities and see, um, where people are compromising the form at the expense of maybe weight or, or how fast they're doing the exercise or, or, um, how many reps they're trying to get in and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I think going into the initial stages of your, your, your initial, your early strength building process, um, or resistance training process, you, you have to look at this as a skill. You have to look at weight lifting and, and resistance work as, as a skill, just like, um, my basketball, you know, our, our basketball players with the Lakers have to work on the skill of their free throw or their three point shot or their, their ball handling skill. Um, it, to, to just think, okay, I'm going in the weight room to do work and break a sweat is, is not going to ultimately put you in a position for, for long-term success in that environment. Um, if you look at it as a skill that is slowly developed over time and, and just requires the experience, the time, and the repetitions, um, you tend to want to craft that skill. You tend to want to hone that skill uh, more so than just to say, well, I'm, I'm only here to make myself hurt tomorrow. Yeah, no, um, that makes, I think, and I think that's really uh, a great point is that weight training is a skill. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, ta and just like with any other skill, it takes practice, yeah. but it takes practice using the right form. You exactly. don't want to, be, and listen, we've all gone to the gym and you see people and you're like, oh my God, oh, no, oh. no, no. How do you, like, I just want to go up to them and be oh, like, no, man. no, I, this is not no, good. No, don't do that. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a challenge, right? I mean, I, I guess for me, I just sort of, uh, is, I, I always toe the line of, you know, do I want to be that guy who, who is, is running around, uh, wagging my finger at folks? Um, you know, I, I, if it's, if it's really something where I see somebody who's going to hurt themselves, then certainly, uh, you know, immediately or acutely going to hurt themselves. And certainly you, you kind of have to step in there, but, um, I just, I just kind of grin and bear it sometimes and or cringe and bear it sometimes and and uh, and hope that they they start to sometimes people just have to learn the hard way and sometimes that's an injury and sometimes it's it's a failure to to you know a plateau in your progress or whatever it might be to then seek out somebody who can be a skilled coach at, at, at what you're trying to accomplish yeah and that actually flows right perfectly into what I was going to uh, go into next and and this is your background in being a physical therapy and have your doctorate in physical therapy yeah. in charge of the weight room yeah and how having that PT background kind of set you up for I think greater success in that setting so can you talk to that a little bit yeah I, I think um, it's it's something that when I go back and look at why I went into PT, I didn't realize at the time what I was doing was setting the foundation for my my ability, like you said, to to be have more impact in the performance and strength and conditioning environment. Um, I I guess I realized that after I had 
graduated and was then in the trenches um, of physical therapy and starting to dabble into strength and conditioning and performance and and then realizing my ability to assess, um, to, to look at movement, quality, asymmetries, um, those, those areas, if, if, you, if you don't first respect and then second understand that piece of the, the process – uh, in terms of helping somebody to make physical gains, whatever the, the goals or, or gains might be, um, eventually you're, you're sort of setting up for not necessarily failure, but maybe simply plateau or just lack of results. Um, and sometimes failure where you're, you're just blowing past the idea that somebody has some fundamental movement dysfunction or, or asymmetry and saying, well, let's just start getting weight on top of them. Um, you know, this isn't necessarily my personal, you know, original philosophy, but it, it's something we've all recognized as far as like you, you just can't do that and expect it to be okay. Um, and and so that that for me, the PT background, and then and then taking that background in the weight room environment was what sort of really keeps me anchored to that point as far as we need to look at how the how the person's moving before we start moving forward yeah and yeah. and you know i you had, know, I had um, done a great, a great conversation, conversation with, with uh, chris, chris powers. powers yes you know chris yes. powers dr yep, powers absolutely yeah and his big takeaway for physical therapists is that we have to get back to looking at movement quality. Yes. And we have to get back to looking at the human movement system as a whole. Yep. And it's something that he feels is is getting lost amongst yep. all of the the tools in the toolbox, so to speak. No doubt. That, you know, we have to look at movement quality and and that's what PTs do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, whether, again, whether we're talking about um, a, a, a patient that is in a PT clinic just trying to get back to their level of activity or, or go back to work or whatever it might be, um, or if we're talking about Kobe Bryant in his 20th season, um, the, you're, you're, you're trying to prepare them to go do repetitive movement of their choice. So if the underlying movement patterns of, of what's going on there and the support structures have limitations, asymmetries, or, or dysfunctions, um, eventually that's going to rear its ugly head once you start doing a, a movement over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and so you have to be able to get the, the, the pieces moving correctly before – you, you start to get them more robust and, and strong. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Now, mm -hmm. before we kind of wrap things up here, yeah. um, I would love from you, if you know off the top of your head, what are some top resources that you would say are your go-to resources, whether it be a blog or an, an article or a book that we can kind of pass along to the people listening? Right, right. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, uh, for me, a, a guy that, that I really love picking his brain and, and, and looking at the different resources that he puts out is, is Kelly Sturette. Um, so, um, Kelly does a really good job and I've had a lot of, um, you know, 
lot of discussion with Kelly in terms of from a PT's perspective, how are we applying that to um, the 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 strength uh, arena of things, but also the general fitness arena of things, and how are we applying our knowledge to to help the masses to be able to do what they want to do in a responsible way, and and so Kelly with with his different books, um, you know, Supple Leopard and and um, so on and so forth are is is a person that I really fall back to in, in that uh, sense of things. I think Dan John is a, a really good um, resource for people that might want to just understand some of these fundamental principles of, of building strength and, and, um, and, and achieving goals um, in general. Um, Dan's got a number of books and, and different resources out that, um, that I've really in, enjoyed a lot. So um, I think those two really come to mind and, uh, initially on, on who I, I really trust and respect. And, and probably you know, another person is, is Pavel Tsatsouline. And, and, and Pavel uh, and I have, have uh, chatted on a number of occasions. And I think Pavel has some really uh, he, he really understands how to set that foundation. Now he does some intense and aggressive work with kettlebells, but he understands you don't just run up to that level of let's just start throwing kettlebells mm-hmm. around. He understands how to set the table for that really, really well. Great. Well, uh, perfect. And, and I will sort of put all of these, um, these all be up on the website as well. So if people yeah. want to get them, don't worry if you don't have a pen and paper on you, you're driving, don't worry. It'll Love be it. up, it'll be up on the podcast, it'll be up on the podcast website. Love okay. It. So Tim, I want to thank you so much. And, and just as a reminder for everyone that we're going to kind of do a little Thursday quickie. So we're going to continue this, um, uh, this Thursday. So don't forget to tune in on Thursday to hear, uh, a little bit more on how to work with millennials. So yes, for all you new no, grads and millennials no. and stuff, it's going to be a good convo. Um, so Tim, thanks for coming on. And um, I really appreciate it. This was great. I was taking lots of notes. Hey, I appreciate it. If, if, uh, if anybody is interested in, in checking out some of these thoughts and, and some of the other uh, different thoughts on fitness, performance, strength and conditioning, nutrition, that kind of thing. I, I uh, put a lot of that kind of content on my website, www.tdathletesedge.com. I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram quite actively, and that's at TD Athletes Edge. Great. Well, thanks so much. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in on Thursday to hear us talk a little bit more about the millennial generation. So everybody, yeah, it'll be good. Everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great couple of days. Stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.